In today's episode, we're speaking to Cody Jefferson. Cody Jefferson is a father, entrepreneur, public speaker, life and business coach, and the founder of Embrace the Lion. He is the creator of Lion Elite, um, Elite, the number one group performance program for kingdom-minded men looking to live their legacy in life and business. Cody coaches and advises, advises CEOs, business owners, and entrepreneurs on scaling their business, growing their impact and influence, and how establishing a robust professional and personal life balance will significantly boost the bottom line. Let's speak to Cody and find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. We got Cody Jefferson with us. Welcome, Cody. Hey, it's good to be here. Thank you so much for being uh, for agreeing to be our guest today with us, Cody. It's been a pleasure talking. Well, I've been looking at your website, looking at everything about you, and I'm I've become a true fan. You are amazing, but I also know that there's a story behind, uh, you know, all the success and everything that you've achieved. So we have to talk about that today. But before we do anything, people have heard your intro. They've heard how amazing you are. Let them know in your own words what it is that you do. Sure. I mean, there's, listen, there's a lot of ways we can describe what I do. Uh, first and foremost, I'm a dad. So before anyone says anything about any accolades or anything that I do, everything I do revolves around the fact that I am a dad to Stetson Foster. First and foremost, that is the only thing I want to be known by mm-hmm. is the, the kind of dad and mentor uh, and man that I am to him. Outside of that, you know, the whole tagline is helping good men become great. So uh, over the past five years, I've created uh, a fairly substantial company in the development space of walking with founders and entrepreneurs, men uh, who are kingdom minded, meaning that they typically have a bend towards uh, Christianity. I was a pastor for 13 years. We'll get into that. And uh, what we do is we focus on helping men go from where they are to where they want to go, specifically in the scale to exit conversation in the growth of business without, uh, as the tagline goes, sacrificing their soul on the altar of their success. So we look uh, a lot at four pillars, uh, your head, which is your mindset, your heart, your relationships, your health, which is your physical body, and then your habit, which is just how you treat your time. Fabulous. So that's quite extensive. So you do the whole, you know, the whole holistic person rather than yeah. actually just focusing on one aspect of the business, which is quite unique, actually, because generally people come and they have this journey and so forth, but which we talk about today. But when they actually focus on helping people, it's on one area of their life. But I believe, you know, I suppose uh, the holistic version is probably the best, better approach because how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if they have an element that they're, they're short, falling short on, that will have um, a knock-on effect on other parts, including the business and the relationships and health and, um, and so forth. So tell us, uh, Cody, how did you get started? If you were a pastor for 13 years, then how did you end up being in this space and doing this kind of work? And what led you to here? I mean, what... Where did it all start? Sure. I mean, where it all started was in a small town in Oklahoma, which is where I still reside. And it started with uh, two phenomenal grandparents who instilled in me the idea that that I could do anything I put my mind to. Right. 
now and that I was called to something greater and that there was so much potential in life. The problem with that is that that's a lot of expectation to live up to. Yeah. And uh, it became very, very confusing very early to know where my potential started and stopped and where I was disappointing people based on my performance. Right. Uh, because my potential was always something to live up to, not, mm-hmm. not an identity to live from. I was never, that never clicked to me until later. And so as the story goes, I got into occupational ministry at 19. It, there was no real conversion burning bush here directly from God moment. It was that I was really good at a few key things. And uh, so I got placed in a position of leadership that I developed over, again, the course of of 13 years. Now, over those 13 years, uh, because I didn't really know who I was outside of what I was doing, which I think a lot of people can relate to, you become identified by how useful you are. And so my whole identity and my sense of worthiness became wrapped up in how I could serve people and how productive and, and useful I was. And then you throw God into the mix, which means that I'm only like, God is my job and my job is God. And so I have to say yes to everything because this now is quote unquote, a call on my life. Yeah. And it became very, very confusing. And uh, I was working 16 to 18 hours a day saying yes to all things, saying no to no things because I can't, because again, my job is spiritual in nature. So in my mind, everything is a yes. Mm-hmm. I, in the midst of this, I was married. Uh, I was welcoming a new son into the world. And I was putting my family on the back burner, right? Chasing this idea of success, which wasn't in my in in my industry, in the church work, was never marked by money. It was yeah. just marked, again, by impact and how many people you can serve and the depth of that service. And so the whole tagline of sacrificing your soul on the altar of your success became very, very real to me. I lived it. And so what started the journey into where I'm at now is I went through a very public divorce um, as a result of just working way too much. Right. And uh, in the midst of that, I lost several family members and friends to various tragedies, uh, murders, suicides, overdoses, eight in total in the course of a year, still leading all their funerals. I lost five friends in ministry to suicide, uh, all men, uh, recognizing that the second leading cause of death for men under the age of 35 is suicide, right? That 76% of all suicides are men. And so we have a, we have a problem here. Yeah, we do. We have wow. a problem and we're chasing things of no eternal consequence, not really sure why we're doing it. It's just what we're taught to do. And so in 2016, I went septic. My body shut down as a result of trying to be all things to all people, still trying to be a pastor while navigating way too much trauma than anyone could ever comprehend and leading all of these funerals and doing all these things and still saying I'm good and still saying all the right things and still being on stage and still traveling the country and still trying to be a single dad and still trying to do all the stuff and portray a perfect life right? The social media filtered idea of what success looks like. And, and my body just gave out. I went septic. I, I was unconscious for a few days and I was supposed to die, but I didn't. And that was the wake up call for me. And so as I looked in the mirror in the hospital, I asked myself, is this, is this the legacy you're going to leave your son? He's never going to know you, but he's going to know that, well, my dad served to death. Literally. My dad, my dad gave everything to everyone, but I never knew him. Yeah. The one person that matters. The one person that matters. Yeah. And so from them, that moment on, I looked in the mirror and asked myself a question, what needs to die in you to become the man that you said that you'd be? And that's been the question that I ask myself every single day is the question that the over 4,000 men that we serve uh, ask themselves every single day. 
And that has been the journey. So it is, it has brought me uh, all over the world, all over mm-hmm. the country, speaking, leading, uh, emceeing, hosting, keynoting. Uh, I'm diversified into a few different companies now on the board of six. And uh, it's been a really, really amazing journey. And so my journey into the business sector was was really uh, a sense of taking everything that I knew in ministry and everything I knew in serving people and doing it at a higher level capacity, uh, mm-hmm. but without all of the attachment to outcomes and without the codependency of affirmation and needing to be all things to all people. Mm. Okay. And how, I mean, it's it's a big, I think, I think it's a big transition from being a pastor to being a business leader. And that's pretty much where you are at the moment. I mean, I, when I was looking on your website, I, when I was going through uh, and really reading up on, uh, on you, I, I could see the connection with God very clearly. Mm-hmm. And I think that explains, is, I wasn't aware of the fact that you were a pastor for 13 years, but that comes through very clearly in the language and in the energy, because I'm an energy worker. So energy is portrayed very clearly in terms of light being, higher being, connected with God all the time. And going back to God for reassurance rather than doing it through the local means or even through self and using yourself as a medium to do God's work. That's the yeah. that's the energy that comes across. And this is why I was really, really connecting with you, even through your words on the website. And hearing your words now, that makes sense to me. So tell me now, how do you, and I know you're serving CEOs and these company leaders, how do you ground these highly intelligent and highly ambitious but physical, physically, my you know, uh, beings which are you know too ingrained, ingra- uh, in, engaged in the physical format and the physical being, and they are detached from the spiritual element. What I'm picking up is you're bringing them into the holistic format, which is connecting them to the spirit, to yeah. spirituality, whether they believe in God or not is irrelevant, but connecting them to a higher power. Right. How do you how do you do that without sounding like a pastor, without sounding like a, a preacher, without sounding like a woo woo? You know, sure. well, it, it, listen, this is my lane, and I stick to it. I, you can take me out of the pulpit, but you can't take the pastor out of me. I'm always going to sound like a pastor from the ways in which I use alliteration to the ways that I communicate, the ways right. that I walk with people. It is who I am, and mm-hmm. so you're either going to love it or you're not where you're going to resonate. We're going to work together or you're not. So I just own the space that I'm in and right. I don't try to be all things to all people. I'm unapologetically me could care mm-hmm. less whether you like me or not. I'm going to keep doing my thing. Now, what, what we focus on is typically the guys that I walk with. We've listen. money solves most problems. Anyone who says money doesn't solve problems. You don't make enough of it. Actually, I, I agree. It does solve most <laughs> problems. Yeah. A lot of problems. Yeah. I love money. I'll be the first to tell you. And I had to shift my mindset around money because I was taught something very different about money growing up in rural Oklahoma, where the medium median, you know, income was about $40,000 a year. It's a very different conversation when you start generating real money and overcoming the guilt and the shame and the complexities of, of, of spiritual doctrination. All of that has to go to the wayside. So money does solve most problems. Hear me. If you don't think so, you've got a problem with what you believe about money, mm-hmm. right? And you don't make enough of it. Agreed. Money Agreed. just makes you more of what you are. If you're generous, it's going to make you more generous. If you're a jerk, it's going to make you a bigger jerk. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just a measuring stick, but it does measure effectiveness in a I lot think, of different ways. I think, I think money is a magnifying. I think somebody magnifying glass. It yeah. magnifies whatever's already within you, and, yeah. it, and that's all it is. If you if you are like I said, if you're if you're going to be a mean and um, selfish person, 
money would just magnify that. And if you are a generous and kind person, it's going to magnify that. So it's just, sure. it showcases your your talent and your character in, right. in, in, in a magnified way. I think that's probably the best way to say it. Yeah. Okay. And so while it does, so while it does, while it does answer most questions, what it doesn't do is answer all questions. Agreed. Yeah. And so for most of us growing up, we didn't grow up with a silver spoon. We, we are, a lot of us are made from very simple means and we've created the businesses and infrastructures and the success that we have. And we thought money would just solve everything. But what money doesn't heal are, are some of the deeper complexities of, of self-worth and identifying trauma and connecting to a deeper purpose. Right? Like making money isn't your, your life's mission and purpose. Right? Sometimes we, we think it can be. Like if I can just make enough X, Y, Z, recognizing that so long as you're empty inside and you're chasing a figure or a number, we're never going to find fulfillment there. Because that was never that was never what money or the idea of money or wealth was created for. Yeah. And so what I do is I help answer a different set of questions once the questions of money are answered. Mm. I think that's really, really powerful. Making money, I think I, I think I'm, I'm being a money mindset person. I think my my advice to everyone is make enough money that you have to you don't have to worry about money anymore. That should be your number one goal. Once you've got to that level, then you can think of um, expanding your mind and living your life purpose. And you, you know, always live your life purpose and make money too. I always think make, you should make money with ease and grace. No, there's no heart just running after money without living your purpose. But money should be higher on the priority list. As, as Bob Proctor, may you rest in peace, used to say, money is not everything, but it's you know, it's right up there with oxygen. <laughs> Sure. You know, one of my one of my close friends who's also here from from Tulsa, Oklahoma, who got me into coaching. So when I was a pastor 2016, I'm at lunch, at dinner, hanging out with one of my one of my close friends who actually shifted all of my beliefs around money. And I have to acknowledge her because she she changed the game for me and told me, like, you're going to be famous. She's like, call it. She's like, you there's something on you and in you, like you are going to teach in a way that no one else does. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like I've heard a lot of prophetic words before. We're all in this industry, like at church, like, I don't know about all that, but she called it and her name's Amanda Francis. Mm -hmm. And she is, um, she's been such a, a guiding light over the past five years in the work that she's done and how she's grown, uh, to show me a lot of what's possible about the conversation of money. She also, we went to the same Christian university, you know, came out of the same exact background. And so it's been really great to see her success as well. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. I think it's important to understand that as a pasture, even though you are connected to God, you weren't understanding his abundance. So this is something that I, I think it's probably very clear to, to make people aware. Just because you're religious, just because you're spiritual, and I find in my practice, I don't work with uh, beginners anymore. Most of my clients tend to be now, you know, multiple six or seven figure earners. Sure. But when I started out, I was working with, um, you know, both beginners and five figure earners and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of people who, you know, who, especially if they were coaches, they were 
spiritual and therefore they couldn't connect with money and i find it really interesting that even when i see you 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 had to work actively work on your money story and your your yeah. money beliefs even though you were talking about god and god is all about opulence it's all about abundance everything you, if you think and look at nature everything is abundant yeah. nature is not um, you know no it, it does not understand or even recognize the word lack of scarcity any piece of land it finds it greenery grows on it as long as there's no human interference from man yeah. greenery grows on it and there's insects and all sorts of stuff on there you know nature is lavish but for some reason we connect to God, but we don't understand his abundance. So do you want to see, you know, explain how did you, you know, come over, overcome that and realize, no, God is, you know, there's money everywhere. There's opportunities everywhere. And God is, God loves to give, you know, uh, with, you know, with, um, with an open heart and, <laughs> and there's more than you desire. How, how did you overcome that? Well, one, it's a process. Mm. And two, uh, I'll tell you a story. So uh, we, about a, 10 days ago, seven, 10 days ago, uh, every night, uh, I'll, I'll read scripture to my son uh, before he falls asleep, and, and and we have some dialogue together. And I, I speak over his life, and I speak over who he is every night. And, and so he's like, "Can we have one more story?" And by this time, I'm like, "This kid's on like story number four. He's seven years old." I'm like, "Dude, I know what you're doing. Like, I listen. This avoidance of going to bed. I wrote the book on this. So mm-hmm. sure, one more story. So I flip through it, and I just." find a story and it's the it's the parable of the man with talents and so talents we'll just call that like a bag of gold mm. right and so there's this wealthy man and he has has three servants and and so for the sake of the story he gives he he distributes it so one man gets you know maybe five bags one or three bags one man gets two bags maybe one man gets one bag right and he's like go do with this and multiply it and so the say one guy has five bags uh the gentleman comes back and he's like what have you done i've doubled this Right. Goes to the next one. What have you done? I've doubled this. He goes to the one with one. And he said, what have you done with yours? He said, I, I buried it. Mm. I buried it because I knew you didn't want to lose it. Mm. So he says, you're foolish. And so he takes it and he gives it to the man that now has 10 to then multiply that. Mm. And so the, the whole conversation is with what you're given, as you multiply, God will help you be responsible for more. And mm. my son Stetson just sat up. He's like, dad. And I'm like, What's going on? I thought maybe he dozed off and he forgot I was, I didn't know what was happening. Right. He's like, dad, that's you. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, that's why you keep getting more and why we keep growing and why ETL embrace the line. That's why we keep growing. It's because you're just faithful with what you do. Every time God said, you just say yes to God. And it was both very profound for me, for my son to say that and to see that very meaningful, but then it actually kind of shook me a bit because at any given time, I feel like, nah, but there's more in the tank. Mm. So am I actually utilizing my, my abilities, not as an expectation to live up to, but as a promise and a gift that I get to live from, am I giving it 100% every day? I've lost so many people in my life yeah. uh, to, to very, very tragic endings. I've lost an 18-month-old niece. I've lost a sister-in-law. I've lost a stepmom. I have lost... Um, a, a 19 year old sister. I, I've lost a lot of people that were really close to me. Wow. And I, I don't take a day for granted. The secret is gratitude. The secret is recognizing that anything and everything that you could want in this life, you already have. There's nothing that you can learn that you don't already know. It just hasn't been unlocked yet. There, there's nothing for you to accomplish that hasn't already been set in place. It's just up to you to make the decisions, the daily actions to walk toward it. 
Yeah. And so for me, how did I shift? It's every day. And it's every day answering the question, what needs to die in me? What fears, what anxieties, what preconceived ideologies, what beliefs that no longer serve me, what needs to die, what habits, what patterns in order to become who I say I'm called to be, in order to become who I feel God has called me to be. And most importantly to me, to be a man that my son can emulate with integrity. I don't need him to be me. No. But I want to set the bar. I, and I, I absolutely love that. I think, and I can, as a parent, I can con- truly resonate with that. I know that my, m- a, lot, a lot of my choices in the past, now when I look back at it, especially my decision to actually my, leave my, my ex, I'm so grateful that I'm able to leave that as a, uh, as a be a role model for my daughter, what she should and shouldn't expect from a partner and my son to how he should treat a woman. hundred percent. And so yeah. it's, and even now I'm, I'm raising, I, I am, I think I spend more time with my son grooming his mind yeah. um, than I do my daughters because I'm very careful about the kind of mind I'm, I'm sort of molding into, because tomorrow he will have a girlfriend or a wife yeah. and he needs to be the kind of gentleman that I would want for my daughter or I want for myself. And therefore, because he doesn't have the role model, I can see that the, the, what you want. I want it for him. At the same time, my daughter, I'm showing to her similar grounds. Okay, what you need to stand for, how you should be, and what kind of woman she needs to be. Yeah. So this kind of role model um, and that that need to be a great mentor for both my children I can see that in you as well and I can really resonate with it because I think yes because of my 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 money beliefs and my understanding about money they'll understand about money but it's much more deeper than that are we are are we being good enough parents am I being good enough mentor to make sure that they grow up to be strong individual human beings who are good and kind and generous yet strong and right. uh, integrity and so forth. I think this is what is coming across from you as well, that that, that need to be um, this amazing mentor for your child keeps pushing you along to be a better person, a better human. Yeah, people ask me, what's how do you find motivation? I'm like, I don't need motivation. <laughs> like, my, motivation is fleeting. Yeah, I agree. You motivation, you're, you're not tied enough to your passion. Like, getting yeah. to show my son what's possible every day and then creating a life that allows me to sustain that yeah. You know what I was doing this morning? This morning I was at my son's school and I was the guest like guest reader. And so yeah. you bring your favorite children's book to read. Here's the deal. I don't have a favorite children's book, but what I do have are just stacks and stacks and stacks of development books that right. my son and I read together. So I took The Power of Positive Thinking and that was the book that I read to all of the kids this morning. Wow. Oh, and the tea, we, we love it. And I, so I get to have a little presentation and I get to teach them about growth mindset and what active leadership looks like and emotional resiliency and building confidence through doing hard things and that, you know, losing is learning. All of these, the, all of these concepts that my son can just rattle off to you, mm-hmm. right? But we have to recognize that, that our call is even greater than that. Uh, yeah. That our call is, is also in, in who our kids' friends are and how we lead them. And, you know, for me, it's also in my co-parenting, his mother and I, we did not work married. We did not, mm. but we are great friends and co-parents now. We talk almost every day about him, making sure that he has everything he needs. We do all events together. We do holidays together. 
you know, we're showing him she's happily remarried. They've got three other kids who like I love like my own. Uh, my significant other is deeply invested and involved in everything that we do as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, setting the bar even in that, that yeah, it's easy to fight. It's easy to, and it takes both sides. Like it takes of both. Of course it does. It takes two hundred percent. But to be able to show what's possible, you know, we we weren't setting out to take that on, but really just to show our son that love can exist and that you you will be our priority outside of any ways that we did or didn't work. And to create yeah. one big family um, has been really, really beautiful for him and for the parents and co-parents of his classroom and school. So, you know, we, we have an, a tremendous opportunity to, to lead a future generation uh, in, in how we act and live and move and have our being and, and how their friends come to our homes and how we lead and how we speak and how, how they view generosity and wealth from us. Mm-hmm. All of that speaks volumes. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, I understand this question. If somebody, I don't think anybody even asks me that question. I think anybody who gets to know me a little bit would realize I don't need motivation. My kids are there and I wake up single day. Yeah. It keeps me going. So I sometimes do work crazy hours because I work around. I always say I'm a full-time mother and Mm -hmm. I'm a part-time business owner. My first job is a mother. Yeah. I don't skimp and whatever on them in terms of morning drop off to evening afternoon pickups to food and everything I cook because I cook for them as well. Everything I do, I work around them. And yes, of course, mommy's busy half the time and she's doing her podcast calls or other calls. They sure. understand that, but mommy works around them. It's almost them yeah. as a priority and they understand that. Yet that's why nobody has to tell me I should do this, I should do that to get a level up in my business or whatever I need to expand and whatever I'm doing. Because my kids are there to motivate me without even saying a word every single morning and every single evening. And they're rid of random hugs or kisses I get. And I have, a, I have an 11 year old and a 14 year old, and I have to get lots of random hugs and kisses. Yeah. I would love that. Is my extra dose that every now and again when I'm tired, when I'm exhausted, yeah. I look upon them and I get that random hug. Or I remember, you know, this time when I did, when I'm launching, I was launching last week. I was really exhausted on the sofa. My son just came, comes from, from the back and just goes, oh, mommy, you need a bit of hug. I gave me a hug and gave me a cuddle. That, I mean, obviously I'm still tired, but that uplifted my spirit more than anything else. And that was a very to go again the next day. I think these sort of things are important. So you need to understand your why. I talk about that quite yeah. a lot. Whatever yeah. you do in life, you need to have a strong enough why. If you don't, yeah. You sort of- that's, remember why you, that's remember why you started. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you have to have that. Yeah. And if it's something that's going to give you like a book or a course that's going to motivate you for, for two weeks, and I know there's, there's, you know, there's. I remember when I was younger, and I, I was introduced to um, to personal development through, like most people, through Tony Robbins initially. Sure. And that's yeah. great. He's amazing. Um, but that kind of motivation lasts for a week or two weeks, and then it's right. gone. Right. It's like you said, fleeting. You need something that can sustain you in your deepest, darkest moments. And you, and by the way, as an entrepreneur, if you listen to this, guys. We can tell this, and Cody will, you know, can can reaffirm this. You're gonna have moments of deepest, darkest moments when you're gonna be like, "What the hell am I trying this for? What is going on?" And you're gonna be beating your head around the bush or or hitting yourself against the wall, and you may have obstacles which seem unsurmountable. But it's when you have a strong enough why, you find a way around it, above it, through it, and uh, and uh, and beneath it, because. Your why carries you forward, even if your strength is leaving you, and right. even if your courage is leaving you. So that that why pulls you out of your deepest, darkest despair, and can, helps you to carry a moment going. Because it's the, those moments is when you need to have a strong enough 
motivation, I think, yeah. then then uh, that's when your whys have to be bigger than your fears and your excuses. Well, and, you know, some of the things that, that make that possible, we're going to come back to it. Yeah. What makes that possible more than anything else is money. Yeah. Money is what makes that possible. And so, you know, one of the things that we're going to talk about as I, I go into a bit of a training in a bit is, is prioritization and mm-hmm. creating boundaries around what it is that you say that you want and why you want them. For me, my son is heavily involved in sports. I help coach him in wrestling. I was a wrestler mm-hmm. and it's one of the highlights of my life and he plays baseball and I don't miss anything. Mm-hmm. So when I'm contracted to speak, I don't, I don't say yes to any event that conflicts with my son's sports schedule. Mm-hmm. If there is an event that I've said yes to, and then something, then something gets booked that he has an event to, I will fly home, make the event, and then I will fly back. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the beautiful thing about, about making money is it doesn't matter. I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, cool. I think about it. And I get to keep, and so people ask me like, how, how is that even possible? How do you do that? It's a priority. It's a priority just like anything else, just like waking up early, walking through a routine. This is why habits are so important because you're not going to feel like it every day. You're not going to be motivated every day, but you show me what you do and I'll show you what you actually believe. You show me, you show me your, show me your calendar and show me your schedule and I'll show you what you actually prioritize and what you actually believe about yourself and what you believe to be possible and what you're working toward. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap this up. So any parting um, pieces of advice, Cody, of people who, you know, who who think they, you know what, I I, I really want to do this, but I, I'm just too busy or I, I can't, I, you know, I've got too many, I've got too many commitments, I can't do this. Or you believe that they are too attached to their old stories, their old money stories. Any advice for anybody like that who are making excuses instead of taking action? on what they know, what they need to do. Sure. Well, I mean, recognize that that truth for the most part is subjective. Yeah. And just because you believe something to be true doesn't mean that it is true, right? Our beliefs are nothing more than thoughts that we hold captive for long enough. Somebody tells you something repetitively enough, you come to believe it. It doesn't matter whether it's actually true or not. It serves to confirm a suspicion that you have in your mind. And so in physics, we call it the principle of least path. So any energy like follows it. So Water doesn't flow through rocks, it flows around them. Light doesn't flow through you, it flows around you. It wants the, it wants the least amount of resistance. Your brain's the same way. Your brain is busy doing a lot of different things, right? You're, you're watching me potentially on a screen right now. You're thinking, man, he's very curious. I kind of like this guy, but can I trust him? I'm not really sure. You're processing all of this. I'm coming in upside down, then your brain's flipping me right side up. You're listening to what I'm saying. You've got all these little muscles that are holding you up while you're breathing, you're blinking. You're pumping oxygen, you're exhaling carbon dioxide. You're doing all these things you don't even know. You're not even thinking about it. The last thing your brain wants to do is push past the dopamine of something that's unfamiliar and fun in the beginning. That's why New Year's resolutions are really fun for a couple of weeks. And then the dopamine wears off and you're left with nothing more than the results that you say that you want and the new daily habits that you have to adhere to in order to make that a reality for you. And it's not fun. It's not fun because it's it's not in the path of least resistance to your brain. And your brain doesn't by nature want to learn or do new things. So you have to push past your current level of discomfort and your current, you have to suspend that current level of disbelief. And this is why roadmaps are so important to what it is that you say that you want. This is why business is not hard. Business is nothing more than metrics and nothing more than data. Mm. Where it gets complicated is us. 
Yeah. We're the ones with emotional attachment to to products, to services, to outcomes, to processes. If we can remove all of that and we can focus on linear steps, we can typically find massive success in business the same way that we can in life. If we will supersede our feelings and emotions and our innate desire to stay safe and comfortable, and we'll focus on what we want and the roadmap through daily action steps that it takes to get there, you'll find the result that you're looking for. So understand you're going to be uncomfortable. Understand you're probably, your brain is probably going to tell you it's not possible. You're probably going to need to find new friends who are insistent on who you're becoming, not who you've always been and who will confirm who you've always been. You're going to need a new circle. There's anything wrong with the people that you've been raised with or anything else. It's just, there's, there's what's called the law of the lid. Right. And so if we can adhere to those things, environment, relationships, daily action steps focused on the momentum of where we want to go, you'll supersede your brain's natural disbelief in the current level of frustration to get to where you want to go. Fabulous. Brilliant. So Cody, tell us, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you on the internet? Yeah. So it's very complicated. If you go to CodyJefferson.com, you can find me and you can buy, you can just type my, this sounds really pretentious. I don't mean it to be, but you can just type my name into Google and you'll find it about 300 different uh, interviews that I've been on. Um, I'm active on social media, probably Instagram more than anything. So, and I believe we all have a really powerful story. We're just looking for somebody to share it with. So shoot mm-hmm. me, shoot me a voice memo on Instagram. It'll probably go to my request, but I find all of them mm-hmm. um, and shoot me your story. Uh, I would love to hear it and love to interact with you. Wonderful. So keep in mind that if you're watching us on or listening to us on the podcast, we'll have the links for Cody's his, um, Instagram as well as his website in the show notes. And if you're watching us on the YouTube down below in the description section, again, we'll have his links. Go check him out. He's amazing. And his actually website is pretty cool too. I was checking out earlier. Go check out um, Cody and see how he can support you, especially if you are in the in the um, you know in the, in the company as a as a founder of a company or in the CEO stage. Um, he can probably help you and support you in the holistic way as he just described. But we will have him back. So we have to be back, Cody, for our money talking segment. We have to get some nuggets of gold from you as well. Yeah. But we'll ask you to come back for that. But in the meantime, thank you so much for being such an amazing guest. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Cody. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to me and Cody today on our Friday feature. I will be back on another Friday feature and I'll be with another amazing guest, picking their brains, finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Gokhan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.